Unless otherwise indicated, Ratchet Book Club is intended for a mature audience. Viewer discretion is greatly advised. Ratchet Book Club, where we read hood classics and good classics. I'm Derek. Stretch up a moaning, yawning. We up in this motherfucker. <laughs> ah, Ratchet Book Club on Twitter. Ratchet Book Club on Facebook. Uh, holla at your boy. Ratchet and Ratchet at gmail.com. 916-633-1537 is the voicemail number. For all the people who are wondering why I keep saying that number, no, it does not lead to a pizza factory. Stop ordering from me. I am a caterer, but you won't get what you called for. Trust me. You ain't going to get what you come for. And don't be falling in love with me by my voice. I know motherfuckers still be doing that shit. We used to do it. Now that y'all got FaceTime, the whole thing about falling in love with somebody's voice should drop off by like 95%. But back in the day when you didn't have nothing but a cell phone that had nothing on it but the telephone number... You used to fall in love with people's voices, especially if it was a blind date, especially if you were getting hooked up with it. Hey, 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 tell your girlfriend to let me holler at her friend real quick. And then y'all start talking through the phone. Whenever you fall in love with somebody's voice, it does not work out because their voice usually does not match your perception of their face. I'm just going to say it like I was talking to a girl online because it's back when like fuck you guys it's back in like 19 yes 19 fuck you guys 1999 and so i was in dc and i was talking to a girl uh on yahoo fuck you guys twice yes there was a yahoo chat actually i met her while playing games in the yahoo arcade y'all can suck my dick so I was talking to her through Yahoo Arcade, and then she was like, why don't you give me a call? And I gave her a call, and her call was like, her voice was like, hey, this is so-and-so. What you want to do? And I talked to her like every single night and whatever. You know, we were having a great time, and I was ready to fall in love and get married. And I was 19. I was ready to risk it all. I, I didn't have no pictures of her. All I had was a voice. And then I was like, hey, I'm a, why don't we go out on a date? You know, I'm going to slide through and pick you up. I'm going to come into uh, D.C. because I was on the outskirts. I'm going to come into D.C. and pick you up. We're going to go on a date. Um, yeah, that sounds good. Um, you want my address? Why, 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 why'd you pause? Why'd you pause there? Yes, I want the address. That's, how else am I going to pick you up? Well, because I can meet you at the White House. I, I don't want to meet you at the White House. I mean, I understand now, stranger danger, you know, motherfuckers be wild, especially men. I understand that wholeheartedly. Back then it was, I, I didn't, 
And I don't want to. I don't want to meet you at the White House. I want to meet you at your house. Turns out it wasn't really stranger danger. Turns out she lived on the block where everything smelled like piss. The stoop smelled like piss. The hallway smelled like piss. The elevator, when it worked, literally had a piss puddle in the corner. The lights were flickering. It looked like the. Uh, it looked like a Brini Green in Washington D.C. And I was like, you know, it's all good if, you know, because I'm in love with her voice. And I went upstairs to her, her place and my brother came with me for protection. And because she said, I, I have a friend. And so knocked on the door, opened the door and behind the door was another wall. And I looked at the wall. And the wall looked at me. So me and the wall are looking at each other. And then the wall was like, hold on, I'll, I'll get Jessica. And the wall got her. And Jessica was cute. She was very cute. Considering. I mean, this isn't a joke. She was cute. Considering. But the wall literally reached out and grabbed my brother. And my brother wasn't down for being hugged by a wall. Uh, and then the wall turned him around and started hugging him that way because music was playing. So my brother literally had his back against the wall. <laughs> he didn't like that shit at all. So he was like, we got to go. And um, Jessica was so insulted by, my, by the way my brother treated the wall um, that she never answered my calls and she never played with me on Yahoo Arcade again. Um, I could be mad about it. I could be sad about it. But I mean, all in all, it's just another brick in the wall. <sighs> Chapter 5. Chelsea was seven and a half months pregnant and Jason was happy to soon be a father. Just you wait. Just you wait. I mean, unless she's... uh on the block in like one of these upscale neighborhoods. And also do her and, and, and Derek live in the same neighborhood or something. Cause she was absolutely relaxed when she saw that he wasn't in the projects. But if she's always trying to get back to that side of the street, I'm guessing that this baby is going to be a Maury baby. This baby is going to be a, uh, biracial wonder, which is nothing wrong with that. Except for the fact that Jason, you ain't even had sex with her until that night. If y'all had sex that night, I mean, like, dude, you just popped up and was like, we ain't getting no younger. We might as well do it. Ah, shit. She already did it that night. That's the problem. Um, <clears throat> Chelsea was seven and a half months pregnant and Jason was happy to soon be a father. He proposed to her and they were now engaged. Jason was the happiest man alive. He finally had the girl of his dreams and he planned to do anything to keep her happy. You are so beautiful, Jason said when he walked in the bedroom. Chelsea was getting dressed when he walked in. She hated being pregnant, but if this is what she had to do in order to make it to the top, then so be it, she thought. Thank you, Mr. Hardy, she said, and then gave him a peck on the lips. You're welcome, soon-to-be Mrs. Hardy. It feels so good to finally be able to say that I've known you for six long years, and the wait was definitely worth it. Chelsea smiled, but that smile quickly turned into a frown when she felt a sharp pain in her stomach. Ouch! She yelled. 
Chelsea, what's wrong? Are you okay? Jason asked concerned. No, my stomach hurts, she told him. Without hesitation, Jason grabbed his keys and picked her up. Jason, what are you doing? She asked. I'm taking you to the hospital, he told her. They made it out to the car and he put her in. Jason was nervous and excited because Chelsea may have been in labor. Although she was in pain, Chelsea was happy that this was almost over. You should not be happy, my nigga. Seven and a half months, you should be afraid. That's a month and a half off at minimum. You should be scared. Although she was in pain, Chelsea was happy that this was almost over. They got to Vinland Hospital, remember, I'm not going to call it Vinland, and he rushed her in. My wife is in labor, he yelled. I'm not his wife, she reminded him. That didn't actually happen, but it should have because they're not married yet. You're too possessive, Jason. Back the fuck up. We need a wheelchair, a nurse yelled. Sir, how far along are the contractions, the nurse asked. I'm not sure. She's only seven and a half months. I think she may be having the baby early, he responded. No fucking duh. Really, you did the math by yourself, buddy? You did that without a calculator? That's dope. Seven and a half months. How'd you figure out she might be having the baby early if you think she's going through labor? And all it was was one stomach pain. I hope it's heartburn. I hope she ate a jalapeno. I hope it's gas. Fuck it. I hope it's a whole ass alien popping through her stomach. Wouldn't that be a surprise? I hope it's not a baby yet because I, while I love children, have no desire to see a seven and a half month baby or a seven and a half month um, pregnancy turn into a baby that then has to sit in the NICU with a fucking mom like this and a, and a simp ass dad like you. There's no other words for it. There's none. Really. Like, she literally robbed you, my dog. She stole money out your, out, out your purse. I almost said out your purse and meant it. Out your wallet, my nigga. And you're still like, I can love you like that. And also, y'all just walk past everybody else in the, in the hospital, huh? Y'all don't know how a black hospital work? Y'all don't know how the Vinland Hood hospital work? My wife is in labor. Have a seat right there. We'll get with you. You see gunshot victims all over the place just sitting here. Niggas laid out. Drug addicts having overdoses. You think you're coming back because you're in labor? Oh, you're white. We need a wheelchair. We need to get her in the delivery room now. She's going into her early labor, said the nurse. They all ran back into the delivery room. God damn it. And Jason was right there. Once they were in the delivery room, they got Chelsea in her hospital gown. When Jason went to change it to his scrubs, he heard Chelsea screaming, and then he heard cries. It was that quick. Really, she was right on the cusp. No water breaking, no nothing. Just she walked in, pregnant. As they say in Spongebob, two minutes later, she had the fucking baby. Word, you know who says that? Motherfuckers who... But this is a woman. I gotta keep in mind that this was written by a woman. It's a hard road to balance. I really wish Red was the name of a dude. Because then I could say, you dumb as fuck. But this is a woman. So, I don't know. I don't know. I, I know a lot of women out there in the world who wish it would be as easy as they willed into the uh, into the delivery room. And while I went to change it to scrub gowns, I was like, why the fuck would they even let him in? Why would they let him in? To the delivery room in an emergency. 
Did they take her into an actual room? Did they take her into one of the rooms with the bed and the television and shit? Like, why they let him in for an emergency? But it doesn't matter because before he could even put the gown on, she's fucking having the baby do. Can you give us that back? Real niggas in the field need that shit. Take that shit off. Put your pants back on. Why just take your pants off in the first place? You freaky, freaky. Freaky, freaky. Oh, yeah. Freaky, freaky. There's no song behind it. I just, you know. For those of y'all who don't know, that's uh, H-Town. Never mind. It's a girl, the doctor said out loud. Jason ran back into the room with the nurse. He walked over to Chelsea's bedside and kissed her. How did this happen? I didn't even get a chance to see my child born, Jason said with his head low. What the fuck? I hate you, Jason. It's okay, Jason. You're here now, she told him. They laid the baby on Chelsea's chest after she was cleaned and weighed. Chelsea could finally go on with her life now that she was no longer pregnant. She knew that she was in labor, but she never said anything. Chelsea had been drinking a cap full of castor oil every day for the last week. She had no intentions of ever keeping the baby. <sighs> okay, so been saying a lot about Jason, but you got to keep in mind Chelsea is from the block. Chelsea's from the block and she's a drug addict and she wants that money even though she's living with a nigga who's literally willing to make her dry ass French toast. Chelsea's from the app. She don't want no baby. She won't. She want to do what she do. Castor oil, however. Castor oil just seems like one of the most sideways, horrible ways of going to labor in the first place anyway. I mean, you could just have sex. That doesn't work this well either. But now that it's drinking castor oil, have you drank castor oil? That shit is a punishment. All it does is gives you diarrhea and makes you throw up and shit and shit and shit and shit. So why would you want to do that to yourself? Unless you're still a drug addict, Jason, who doesn't want the fucking kid, Jason. Chapter 6. It had been a week since Chelsea had the baby. Jason was sound asleep when he heard the baby crying. As the crying went on and on, he got up and looked around. Chelsea, he called out. She didn't answer. Jason quickly went into the baby's room. So they just let a, a, a preemie. They just, they just let her go home. Like, yo, why not? The fuck out. We, we don't have a NICU. This is Parkland Hospital. We got people with gunshot wounds laying face down in the lobby. The lobby smells like piss. The elevator smells like piss. That's not a wall. She didn't answer. Jason quickly went to the baby's room. He picked up baby Chelsea. Why the fuck? Why did it? Why is the baby? So Chelsea and Chelsea Jr., huh? That's what we're doing? I mean, sure. Uh, my daughter was born and named after her mom, but that's because... Um, I, I chose a different variation of her mom's name. So, like, instead of, say, for instance, Isabel, or Elizabeth, you could do Isabella. Or you could do Arabella. But I'm not just going to name her Elizabeth Part 2, Electric Boogaloo. Because then what will be the middle name? Electric Boogie Oogie Oogie? Like, what exactly are we doing here? D dude, that is a danger zone. When you're like, this baby is so beautiful, what should we name it? And the mom is like, I don't fucking know. Let's... Chelsea. Came out of my pussy. Let's name it Chelsea. 
Hmm? Hmm? What do you think, Jason? Chelsea? At least this way you'll always have a Chelsea in your life because I'm getting the fuck out of here. He picked up baby Chelsea and grabbed her pacifier and put it in her mouth. He searched the house, but Chelsea was nowhere in sight. When he went to the kitchen, there was a note on the table. He opened it and saw that it was from Chelsea. Dear John! For those of y'all who don't know, there was literally a show called Dear John by uh, starring Judd Hurst, who... I know y'all don't know who the fuck he is because he's old. He's dead now. But he was the dad in Independence Day. Let's do it like that. Anyhow, he was in the show where the whole thing was his wife wrote a letter and dipped on him. And so the, the intro song is literally, Dear John. And fuck y'all, I'm trying. Dear John, by the time you read this note, I'll be gone so long. <laughs> Jason, by the time you read this letter, you'll realize that I'm long gone. Thank you for everything. Thanks, bud. You're the best. Thank you for everything. By the way, not coming back. Not here for the kid. Fuck you, nigga. Thank you for everything. You are the only man who ever truly loved me for me. I'm sorry to say, I'm just not the wife type. I have a few things to confess. My first confession is that seven and a half months ago, you told me to tell you that I will leave the streets and be your wife, but I only agreed to be your wife, not leave the streets. My second confession is that I was already pregnant that night you came to pick me up from the day's end. And Jason... My last confession is that I use this marriage for money. God damn, savage. Once I got your bank information, I made a separate account that I've been transferring money to from your account. Why the fuck would you confess that? On paper. Who the fuck are you, 50 Cent? 50 Cent has a song where he's like, I, the DA can play this motherfucking tape in court. I'll kill you. I ain't playing. You hear what I'm saying? Nigga, I ain't playing. He also says, um, if you were smart, you'd be shooking me because I'll get tired of looking for you and spray your mama's crib and let your ass look for me. This ain't 50 Cent. This is Chelsea, who literally left the baby in the crib and then left a note saying, I robbed you. I never wanted to get married. I was already pregnant. Oh, and um, I love you. But this is just how the game goes sometimes. Please don't give up on little Chelsea because of my mistakes. Take care of her for me. So this is not your baby. Not your kid. Maury doesn't need to pull out the paperwork. There's no DNA testing necessary. This is not your baby. You should have recognized that when she came out black. If she didn't come out black, that's... Okay. So... Okay. Okay. A single tear fell from Jason's face once he finished the letter. He couldn't believe that Chelsea not only used him, but left him to raise a baby that wasn't even his. Jason was crushed. He didn't know what he would do or how he would act if he ever saw Chelsea again. We already know how. Use a simp. Like, I don't use that word that often. I used to use it all the time. We had a show called Simpin' Ain't Easy because one of my homies made 
blueberry muffins for a girl he had just met and we called him a simp so it turned to simp and ain't easy because that's a boys and men song and we really made fun of them for making that song but they meant symphony at least that's what we think chapter seven tears rolled down her face she arrived in germantown philadelphia she felt terrible for what she had done but she was glad she could start her new life without any responsibilities her bank account was full <laughs> and she couldn't wait to party. Chelsea chose to move to Philadelphia because it was fast-paced. The streets never slept, and in her eyes, that meant the money was always going to be made. When she pulled into her two-story house, how much money did she fucking take? Chelsea felt amazing. She knew that she had done a lot of wrong to get to where she was at, but to her, it was all worth it. She had been selling her own body since she was 21 years old. Her parents disowned her after they found out what she was doing. They thought their plans for her were very simple. Graduate high school, go to college, and become a doctor. Chelsea didn't want that. She wanted to plan her own life and make her own decisions. After selling her body for so long and receiving nothing but pennies for it, she was finally getting somewhere and would do everything in her power to keep it that way. She parked her car and got out and embraced the man who was waiting for her with open arms. You know why I didn't make a joke about her choosing to sell her body rather than going to school and being a doctor? Because I'm not here to make fun of sex workers. I'm not. Chelsea's an awful, horrible person. But I'm not here to make fun of sex workers at all. She's horrible, though. And I bet you I get a joke in within the next two minutes. Time starts now. You finally made it, Derek said as he grabbed the bag from her. What, did Derek move out of his mama's house? Like, <laughs> what the fuck? Derek literally just popped up like, hey, what up? We got a two-story house. What up? I'm going to put it in your butt. What up? Did they work out a different contract now where he actually gets paid for her having sex? Like, is he really her handler? I don't really like the word pimp, but her handler? Yes, it was a long drive, but well worth it. This house is amazing, by the way, Chelsea responded. It is, and I'm glad I took you up on your offer, Derek said as he headed into the house. After Chelsea had her daughter, she called Derek and wanted to see if they could do business together. She respected Derek because he respected her and her lifestyle. He didn't judge her about the way she got her money, and that was all she needed to see. Chelsea decided not to mention the baby. Don't Also, also don't mention the money that you took. Because she didn't want to scare Derek away, knowing that it was a strong possibility that one of his friends was the father. So Jason, the white guy, is literally sitting at home with a baby who looks nothing like him and he knows it than his. That is half black. Okay. Also, made it in time. Well, this is the beginning to a new life for both of us. Let's celebrate, Chelsea said as she went to the kitchen and grabbed two beers out of the refrigerator. She gave one to Derek and they cheered. Chelsea gulped half of hers down while Derek only took a few sips. He stared at her for what seemed like forever. Derek saw Chelsea as a moneymaker and nothing more. After what his boys told him, he knew he could score big with being her pimp. And that was exactly what he intended on being. Chapter 8 How much money did you make from the club tonight? Derek asked. Fifteen hundred, Chelsea said proudly. Okay, give me 500 and you keep the rest, Derek said as he scrolled through his phone. Chelsea peeled off five $100 bills and handed them to Derek. Business was going great, and Chelsea had no complaints, considering Derek had let her keep most of the profits.
I know you're tired. Go get some sleep, he told her. I figured we'd watch a movie and spend a little time together since I've been working since I got here, Chelsea explained. I gotta get up early tomorrow and so do you, so that's why I said get some sleep, Derek said without looking up. Chelsea stood there for a brief moment before turning around and walking upstairs. She went into the bedroom that she and Derek shared and took off her clothes. After putting on a robe, she got in the bed. It had been a long night, and as she sank deeper into the silk sheets, she realized how tired she really was. That's it. That's the whole fucking chapter. Chapter 9. I don't I don't know why either at all. Chapter 9. It, it could have been like, this could have been part of the chapter right. I guarantee it. Because it literally starts off with the next morning. And now it's a one-page chapter. Chapter 9. The next morning, Chelsea was awoken by her nipples being nibbled on. She thought it was Derek, but when she opened her eyes, she was surprised by a fat white man in his bald head. Before she could get a word out, he had spread her legs and roughly forced himself inside of her. Chelsea gasped, not because of the length, but because of the thickness the man carried. He quickly pounded away at her already sore vagina from the night before. All she could do was wait until the moment was over. You need to kick Derek out. Derek has niggas up in there sexually assaulting you. You're not even being protected by Derek. If he's going to be your pimp or your handler, one thing he still needs to do is protect you because you are, to a large extent, in his mind, his product. So you don't just, yeah, she sleep upstairs for uh, $150. You can, you can surprise her, though. What the fuck is that? I got to be honest with y'all. I don't like this shit. I don't like it written. I don't like to read it. I don't like to see it. I don't even like... Okay, I don't mean to put this out there into the atmosphere. But sometimes, of course, people sleep in the nude when they're married. And when they're nude and they're married and you wake up first, sometimes it's like, damn, she looking good. When that happens, get the fuck out the room and jack off. Get the fuck away from her. Don't touch people without their consent. Get the fuck out. My wife be like, yo, why didn't you touch me while I was sleeping? I was like, because it makes me feel icky. Like, that's something I really can't wrap my mind around. It's something I can't walk past. And yes, I know that there's a certain pleasure to the fact of being surprised, getting surprised head or getting surprised whatever while you're asleep. But I can't do it. You can do it to me. And I told her, so you can do it to me whenever you're feeling the need. You can wake me up that way and we'll go at it. But I can't wake her up that way because... I don't know. I know. I guess it's because I know that by me saying it out loud, I'm giving her consent. But by her saying it out loud, I still feel in my mind that that consent is only in the moment. While she's caught up in the rapture, she's feeling amorous, she's feeling horny or whatever. It's only in that mo in that moment. And I don't want to follow through on it ever. So this shit is fucked up. The man was sweaty and he smelled a musk. She realized that this was a busy day Derek was referring to. Damn, he did tell her to go to bed because she had a busy day tomorrow. No, he didn't. He told her, I got to get up early tomorrow and so do you. You could have told her, fam. Oh, your pussy is so tight, baby, the man moaned. Chelsea was truly disgusted. She had had some terrible sex partners in her time. She had even had sex with a few crack addicts. But this was by far the worst sexual experience that she had ever had. Chelsea wanted to end quickly, so she tightened up her vaginal walls and wrapped her legs around the man tightly, causing him to dig deeper and deeper inside of her. What kind of a drug addict is Chelsea? Like, they never indicate. 
Fuck, I'm going to come in this warm pussy. Oh, God. Oh, God. Here it comes, he moaned as he released inside of Chelsea. Her face frowned as he pulled himself out of her. He stuck two fingers inside of her pussy and began to move in and out of her slowly. Chelsea pushed him back. Are you finished yet? She asked in a disgusted tone. Not yet. Not until I taste what I put inside of you. I know. I know. I'm not supposed to kink shame. I'm not, but snowballing. Let's just say I had a homeboy and his nickname was literally Snowball. Because that was his thing. Um, He was the first person who told me about it. And so his nickname was, yeah, yeah. And he would do it. Yeah. I, I, I would guess that that would be something that the girl would have to, like, that would be a surprise. Huh. I don't know. Chelsea didn't understand at first. That was until he put his face between her legs and began to suck forcefully. This is awful. Chelsea said out loud. When the man came up, he had a yellow film around his mouth. He had a crooked smile that made Chelsea's stomach turn. You are worth every bit of that four grand. Four grand? God damn. He said as he got up. Chelsea sat up and closed her legs. She waited until the man got dressed and left before she got up. She ran downstairs in her housecoat, searching for Derek, who was sitting in the kitchen, sipping on a cup of coffee. You bastard! How dare you invade my privacy that way, she spat. Derek looked up and smiled. Well, look who's finally awake. I hope you enjoyed your good morning gift, Derek said as he pushed two grand across the table. Chelsea looked at the money and then back at Derek. How could you send that stinky fat fuck in there while I was asleep, she snapped. His hygiene ain't got shit to do with me. The only thing that concerned me was that four grand he was giving up, Derek told her. Well, next time you need to do a hygiene check on the guys you send me, Chelsea said as she grabbed the money off the table and then stormed upstairs. She could hear Derek chuckling downstairs, which made her even angrier. Chapter 10 Chelsea was sitting at the bar, helping herself to -to back-to-back shots. It was 12 a.m. and the night was extremely slow at the Purple Orchid. Orchid! From Killer Instinct? No? Okay, cool. She had made about $400 alone. She lit up a cigarette and took a long pull before putting it down. Hello, beautiful, a guy greeted as he took a seat next to her in the bar. Chelsea looked over at the tall, dark, and handsome man in the black pinstripe suit. She was a bit impressed at how clean his attire was. She picked up her cigarette and pulled on it before blowing the smoke in his face. What the fuck? I'm really impressed by this guy. He has a really nice suit, and it looks like he might have money. I'm just gonna... What's up? That ain't how you work this. You put your thing down, flip it, and reverse it. Remember? I'm disgusted for him. Like, damn. You're just blowing smoke up in the face. No. Hello, she said in an uninterested tone. The man waved the smoke out of his face before continuing. I'm Jeremy. And you are? He asked. Chelsea. Nice to meet you, Jeremy. She said as she extended her hand. I hope that baby is Easy's child. I hope the baby is um, the product of a guy with a small dick. That's what she gets. Not that she cares. I guess that's what Jason gets, but still. The pleasure is all mine. So, what is a lovely lady like you doing here, she asked. I work here. Is that a problem, she said. 
Jeremy looked Chelsea up and down before responding. Not at all. But how about we go somewhere so we can get a little bit more acquainted, Jeremy insisted. Chelsea looked at him and his whole body read dollar signs. Anything is better than being here tonight, she thought to herself. Sure, let's go, she agreed as she put out her cigarette. Jeremy took Chelsea by the hand and led her outside of the club to his 1986 Cadillac DeVille. Chelsea could tell by the way he dressed and by what he drove that he was an older guy. He opened the passenger side door for Chelsea and she got in. How old are you? She asked when Jeremy got in. 45. Why? Am I too old for you? He said with a smile. Chelsea applauded him for taking care of himself. He looked damn good to be a 45-year-old man. And she didn't mind at all because she was tired of dealing with younger men. No, you're just right, she said with a smile. As they drove, Chelsea noticed that he lived in the area as well. She wondered why she never saw him around and decided to ask. So, how come I never seen you around before, she asked. Well, I'm originally from New York, but I'm just down here doing business, Jeremy explained. Oh, okay. What kind of business do you do, if you don't mind me asking, Chelsea wanted to know. No, it's not a problem, and I own a car dealership in New York. I'm looking to expand my business here, Jeremy explained. Oh, okay. That sounds nice, said Chelsea. As they pulled up to a beautiful townhouse, Chelsea smiled. So far, so good, she thought to herself. Jeremy got out and opened the passenger side door for Chelsea. When they got in the house, it seemed as though he was already expecting to have company tonight. There was a bottle of wine on ice and two wine glasses sitting on his living room table. Looks like you're expecting to have a good night, Chelsea said. Well, I knew I was going to meet a beautiful woman tonight, so I decided to make sure things were prepared for both me and her, Jeremy said as he took off his jacket. Actually, it says as he took of his jacket. They both took a seat on the couch and he poured himself and Chelsea a glass of wine. From what I can see, you have a beautiful house, she said. Thank you. All I'm looking for is my queen to share it with, he said flirtatiously. That was an instant turnoff for Chelsea. She was in no way, shape, or form looking to be in any type of relationship. She was about her money, and if it wasn't about money, then it didn't concern her. Well, I appreciate the wine, but I should be getting home, she said as she proceeded to get up. Jeremy gently grabbed her arm. He could tell by his comment. By his comment or by her comment? Anyway, he could tell by his comment that she was no longer interested, so he made his next move. How about we unwind a little, Jeremy said as he pulled out a crack pipe and a bag filled with what looks like rocks. What's the catch? She said. (laughs) So, so, okay, earlier in the book, they had her talk about how she even had sex with crack addicts, and I was wondering what her drug of choice was. What is your drug du jour? And... Obviously, it's crack. Because Jeremy pulled this out and she was like, <laughs> let's go. <sighs> What's the catch? She asked. Nothing. Let's just enjoy the moment, he said. So this dude is not going to be a business owner for very much longer. He filled the pipe with two rocks and grabbed a lighter. As he lit it up, he sucked on it hard and held the smoke in before exhaling it. Jeremy handed the pipe to Chelsea and she did the same. The night went on and they were both high as a kite. I'm about making my money. You want some crack? Sure. I'm not the wife and type. You want some crack? Why not? Like, where's Derek? Like, 
Is this a job? Like, does he know? I don't know. This is all bad. Chapter 11. When Chelsea woke up, it was around 2 p.m. and her cell phone was going off. She looked over and saw that Jeremy was still knocked out. She quickly grabbed her cell and looked at her missed calls. They were all from Derek, and by reading the text messages, she could tell he was pissed. Chelsea jumped up and put on her shoes. Jeremy was awakened by all the noise she was making. What's going on? He asked. I have to get home. My boyfriend is worried, she told him. A frown appeared on Jeremy's face when she mentioned the word boyfriend. The hell you mean, boyfriend? You ain't say shit about a boyfriend last night, Jeremy said with a scowl on his face. She really didn't. But I mean, does she need to? I mean, at the point where you're picking up somebody at the bar. And I guess when he said, I'm looking for my queen, that was kind of straight. That was kind of off-puttingly straightforward to be real with you. Like, nigga, what? Like, oh, ill, ill. I'm about that money and that crack. Ill, get off me. Yeah. Trying to recap what happened last night, Chelsea really had no clue. All she remembered was coming back to his place and sipping wine and smoking crack. Everything else is a blur. Yes, I have a boyfriend and you never asked, so that's why I never mentioned it. But look, I have to go, she said as she headed downstairs. Fucking white trash! Get the hell out of here! Jeremy yelled in anger. That escalated quickly, considering that you're both crack addicts. And I don't want to make light of folks' addictions, because addiction is more than anything else a mental um, health issue. I realize that as somebody who can't go anywhere near a casino. But that's kind of the, the, the pot calling the kettle black, you know what I'm saying? Calling her a fucking crack addict when you're the one who fucking... Or calling her fucking white trash when you're the one who pulled out uh, the crack pipe. Does that make you black trash? Are you black? I guess. I don't fucking know. She said he was tall, dark, and handsome, but that could have just made him Mediterranean, right? 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 Because that's what y'all motherfuckers say Jesus is. He's Mediterranean. He's not really black. He's a Mediterranean. <laughs> For half y'all motherfuckers, Mediterranean ain't nothing more than a gyro. With hummus. Hummus is Mediterranean. <laughs> Chelsea laughed inside. She couldn't believe how angry he got when she mentioned that she had a boyfriend. Jeremy was acting like a lunatic and she didn't have the time to deal with that. It's a whole chapter. Chapter 12. When Chelsea got home, Derek was sitting at the kitchen table, furious. Hey, baby, sorry about all this. I was all Chelsea could get out before she went flying across the kitchen. Derek looked like he was possessed with the way he kept beating on Chelsea. He kicked, stomped, and pulled her hair. Chelsea's body was in excruciating pain. Derek had completely lost his mind. Don't you ever fucking make me miss out on money, bitch, he yelled. I'm sorry, she slurred. Get the fuck up and clean yourself up. We got money to make, Derek snapped. Chelsea slowly got up. She held onto the rail as she made her way upstairs. Her head was throbbing and her body ached. When she went to the bathroom and looked into the mirror, she cringed at the side of her face. Chelsea broke down crying. She didn't expect Derek to get so violent with her. She got a clean white washcloth and wet it with hot water. Chelsea gently cleaned the blood off her face. She didn't know why, but an image of her daughter, Chelsea, popped up in her head. Why the fuck did you name... Look, okay, so, author, Red, can I talk to you for a second? I'm just going to be the editor for this moment. Why the fuck do you want to name the baby Chelsea? 
Why? Like, what exactly is the logic in naming the baby Chelsea? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-mm. No. Name the baby something else. Jessica. Jasmine. Janine. Uh, 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 Candace. Uh, Carrie. Uh, Cassidy. Cassie. Uh, let's see. Karen. Kareen. Amber. Alyssa. Um, Felicia. Terry, Tanisha, Freak-a-Leak. Sorry, there's a million names. Why do you want to name the baby Chelsea? That is lazy. That is very lazy. Even Alexa said she didn't have an answer for that. Because that motherfucker be eavesdropping. Y'all need to know. Y'all really need to know. She shook it off and continued to get changed and cleaned up. Chelsea, are you ready? Derek yelled upstairs. Yeah, I'm coming down now, Chelsea yelled back. No need. Stay right there, Derek told her. Chelsea did as she was told. She sat down on the bed as she heard footsteps coming up the stairs. She looked to the door and was greeted by a skinny white male who looked no older than 15. He wore an oversized shirt and baggy jeans that were halfway down his butt. His nappy dreads were all over the place, and it looked like he hadn't bathed in days. What up, shouty? He said as he dragged out each word. Chelsea could tell that the young boy wasn't from around here. By the way that he dressed, she figured maybe he was visiting from somewhere. How old are you? She asked. I got a big dick, shouty. And that's all that matters, he responded. Not really. Not quite. Not even close. There's a lot that matters. And if that's the first thing you answer with is I got a big dick, why didn't you pay the rent? I got a big dick. Why don't you go to work today? I got a big dick. Why don't you cook dinner? Look at my dick. Did you go to school today? Wait till you see my dick. It's not the answer to any question. What's two plus two? I got a big dick. Chelsea rolled her eyes in disgust. Derek was really overstepping his boundaries with the men he was sending her. For real, he's like really doing poorly with this. Is he putting this shit on Craigslist? Like... Where the fuck? What's your name? Chelsea asked. The boy dropped his pants and exposed his long dick. I got a big dick. What's your name? The boy dropped his pants and I got a long dick. Okay, long dick. Your name must be Johnson. He wasn't lying, Chelsea thought to herself. He began stroking his dick and Chelsea watched him became fully erect. He was long and thick and the veins on his dick were bulging out. Chelsea could tell he needed release. I'm not really in the mood for all the talking, shouty. I came here for one thing and one thing only. So either you give it to me or I'm going to take it. What the fuck? Nigga, didn't you pay downstairs? Didn't you? <sighs> either you're going to give it to me or I'm going to take it, he told her. Chelsea stripped out of her clothing and walked over to the boy. When she grabbed his penis, he shook his head no. Nah, bend over on the edge of the bed, he told her. Chelsea did as she was told and walked over to the bed. She bent over and arched her back as much as she could. He smacked her ass hard a few times as she winced a little. He spread her ass cheeks apart and spit between them. Before Chelsea could say anything, she felt a burning sensation as the boy penetrated her ass. Oh my gosh, Chelsea screamed. He forcefully pounded away as Chelsea screamed in pain. Please stop it. This hurts, she begged. Fuck that. I paid money for this ass and you gonna shut the fuck up and take it, he barked. He grabbed a fistful of her hair and rammed harder and harder. 
All Chelsea could do was deal with what he was giving her. She thought Derek cared for her, but as time went on, she realized he didn't. After a while, she stopped screaming and pleading. The only sounds were the bed slamming against the wall and his ball slapping against her pussy. Chapter 13 I told you, Daddy gonna take good care of you, Jeremy said. Chelsea sat in the corner of his bedroom, smiling wildly. She put the crack pipe to her mouth and lit up again. As she inhaled deeply, her body became numb all over again. She watched as Jeremy sat on the edge of the bed and put the poison into his veins. So, is it a pipe or is he injecting it? Come here, he slurred. Chelsea crawled over to him and he pulled his pants down. Jeremy was 12 inches, but he held no thickness at all. He shoved his dick in her mouth and she began sucking it like her life depended on it. Chelsea felt like she was flying. All of the pain she felt from the beating Derek gave her the other day was gone. Let me take another hit, baby, Chelsea said as she stopped and got up. Jeremy stood up and slapped Chelsea. Bitch, I didn't tell you to stop. Get back on your knees, he snapped. Chelsea's face burned and turned red. It was like deja vu all over again. She did as she was told and got back on her knees and continued sucking. Yeah, baby, just like that, he moaned. Chelsea bobbed her head up and down quickly. She wanted Jeremy to release so she could get her next hit. Jeremy held onto her head and pushed it down with force. Chelsea gagged, which turned Jeremy on more. Ugh, fuck, Jeremy growled as he released inside of Chelsea's mouth. She swallowed every drop of him and then stood up. Daddy, can I please get a taste now, she begged. Jeremy laughed as he watched her beg for another hit. How bad do you want it, he asked. Real bad. Please, Daddy, don't make me beg any longer, she said. Jeremy grabbed the crack pipe and set it up for her. He held it out, but then snatched it back when she reached for it. Lick Daddy's ass and then you can have a taste, he told her. Chelsea scratched her tangled hair as she eyed the pipe greedily. As of now, she didn't care. She was willing to do anything to get her next hit. Jeremy laid back, lifted his legs up, and parted his ass cheeks. Chelsea got down and hungry, licked and sucked Jeremy's ass, all while eyeing her glass pipe. So she ate the booty like groceries. I mean, this 2014, I think that's before this song came out. Chapter 14. Jason looked in the mirror at the dark rings around his eyes. Between work and baby Chelsea, he barely got any sleep. He prayed night after night that Chelsea would come to her senses and come back, but so far, he had no luck. After Chelsea left, Jason took it upon himself to get a DNA test for their daughter. And Chelsea was right. The baby wasn't his. Even though he already knew, it still hurt him to know she went through all this just to get money from him. He didn't understand why she slept with men when she knew he would give her the world. Jason, where do you keep the formula? Mary asked. After Chelsea left Jason high and dry to take care of their newborn baby, he called his mother, Mary, to help out. And his mom should have been like, nigga, that baby ain't yours. And she fucked you over. And she robbed you. And you have a job. I think you might want to think about adoption agencies. I'm just saying. <sighs> Chelsea took every dime he had out of his bank account. She left him with nothing. Jason had to move out of his four-bedroom house into a one-bedroom until he could afford something bigger. Baby Chelsea took the room while he slept on the living room couch. Why? She's a baby. Put her in a bassinet next to the bed and sleep. Okay, check out the cabinets, Mom, he replied dryly. I found it. Come on out here and sit with me, she told him. 
Jason threw some cold water on his face and then grabbed a towel to dry it. He took his time as he walked out of the bathroom and into the kitchen. I can't believe all this happened to me. I mean, after all I've done for her, this is the thanks I get, Jason said. Now, Jason, I told you she was bad news from the start, and the first thing you need to do is look into an adoption agency so you can give this baby up, Mary said in disgust. That's my I told you so sound effect. I'ma use that. I like it. Jason looked at his mother as if she had something ugly on her face. What do you mean, this baby? And how dare you tell me to give up baby Chelsea? Mother, have you lost your mind? Jason asked. You, sir, are the one who's lost their mind taking care of this nigger baby here. This child's a demon and you need to get rid of it. Mary said as she rocked the baby violently. I'm not a fan of her trying to give the baby SDS, SBS shaken baby syndrome. Is that it? SIS, shaken infant syndrome? Whatever. She's trying to do something mean and that ain't cool. But the nigger baby, everybody else saw it, Jason. How couldn't you? Like, you're literally just sitting there like, I think this baby is looks like me. And I got to go for a DNA test when the baby is literally probably high yellow at the very least. Jason stood up and took baby Chelsea out of his mother's arms. He took her to the room and laid her down gently. When he came back out, his face was beat red from anger. How dare you say something like that about my daughter? I don't give a damn if she were blue. That's still my daughter, so you could take that negative shit elsewhere, Jason snapped. Mary looked stunned by his outburst. She stood up and grabbed her purse before speaking. You raised your voice at me over a child that isn't even yours, Jason, Mary said. She is my child. She is my daughter whether you like it or not. We may not have the same bloodline, but I will not love her any less just because her mother done me wrong. And I would like for you to leave, Jason said as he went to the door. This is my child. Just because her mama done done me wrong. You don't do no right. She done done me wrong. That's my daughter. Swing low. This is my child. Her mama done done me wrong. But that's all right. I'm going to still bust up the shiver and wait for her to come home. Mary looked like she wanted to cry. When she got to the door, she looked into Jason's eyes. All I wanted was the best for you, but she decided to run after the trash. Now look at you, Mary said and then walked out. I mean, she's not wrong. Baby girl's a crack fiend. Like, again, not making fun of anybody with addictions, but from the outside looking in, her, her life has probably been this way since Jason has known her. And her mom has been standing back watching him choose this path when he has no uh, uh, affiliations with this life. You know what I'm saying? Like, she's got addictions and, and she's a sex worker. He does not live in that world. So his mom's probably sitting there getting more and more frustrated. Yeah, the nigger thing was completely uncalled for. I'm glad he stood up. Like, he didn't say nothing about her saying nigger, though. He didn't. He ain't no real ally. Jason slammed the door behind her. He went to the couch and sat down. He should have laid down. That's where he sleeps. It had been a long day, and all he wanted to do was rest. Jason was so full of emotions, he didn't know what his next move would be. But he knew he needed to make one fast. Chapter 15. Yes, we're zooming on through this fucking book. Stupid bitch, you constantly fucking with my money. What, you think this is a fucking game, Derek Spat? He is really taking on the whole I'm going to be a pimp role. 
like fully, but he doesn't do nothing but whoop her ass. Like she and you had a great relationship when you had your friends over there doing game bangs on her. You could have just been like, hey, we're going to do that same thing, but you're going to break me off from Lucci. I ain't going to do nothing else to you. I ain't got to touch you. I ain't got to hit you. I ain't got to do nothing to you. Just break me off a third of what you make and I'll keep bringing in clients. No need to beat them. He dragged Chelsea by her hair up the stairs. Her back burned from the scrapes and bruises caused by the staircase. I'm sorry. I'll pay you back, Derek, she pleaded. Nah, fuck that. You getting high with my shit, you fucking whore? Don't use my motherfucking money to support your habit, Derek said as he kicked her repeatedly in the stomach. Chelsea was in fetal position in the middle of the bedroom floor, bleeding from the mouth and the nose. Derek had found out that she had been getting high and that she was using his money to do it. I'ma show you, bitch. When I tell you don't fuck with my money, I mean that shit, Derek said as he unbuckled his leather belt. Derek, baby, I'll work it off, I promise, Chelsea said as tears ran down her face. Get up and get in the fucking bathroom, Derek ordered with a scowl on his face. Chelsea slowly got up and went into the bathroom. Derek pushed her into the shower and she landed with a hard thud. He turned on the shower and began beating Chelsea with his leather belt. Chelsea's screams could be heard miles away. Welts appeared everywhere on her body as the hot water hit her, and Derek beat her with his belt. The only thing that was on Chelsea's mind was getting a hit so she could no longer feel the pain. Look, so the last book I read that was like this was Horson, and I fucking hated that. So how the fuck you think I feel about this shit? Like, look, this just goes to show that even women, not even women, I don't mean to say that in a derogatory term, but there's no way to really say it, that... Even women can write books that are abusive to women. And just because you're a black woman writing it about a white woman, that doesn't change anything. That's still an abusive, like, trauma porn type book. <sighs> Chapter 16. It had been two weeks since the horrible beating Chelsea got from Derek. She sat on the porch with nothing but a white t-shirt on. Not only was her body sore, but so was her pussy and ass. Derek was making her pay back every dime with interest. Derek had ordered her to do sex parties and gangbangs. Chelsea no longer felt human. She wanted out because she was no longer getting paid. She was being used and abused. Chelsea, get the fuck in here, Derek said with anger. Her body was shivering cold when he opened the door for her. Chelsea quickly got up and went inside. Look, Friday night, you got a big date, so go douche or do whatever you got to do to get that pussy tight and right. Because this nigga's giving up ten grand, Derek boasted. I bet you it's Jason. Chelsea's eyes lit up. Since she had been supporting her habit, a lot of the money she took from Jason was being spent on that. And this was just what she needed. Thank you, Daddy, Chelsea said as she smiled big. Yeah, you know I always try to look out for you. Now, if you really want to thank me, you need to get on your knees and put that mouth to work, Derek said as he undid his jeans. Chelsea got on her knees and put Derek in her mouth. She instantly started deep-throating him and slobbering on his dick. Yeah, just like that, he moaned. I can't even get into the sex scenes because this is all based on abuse. Chelsea palmed his balls and gave him a gentle squeeze as she twirled her tongue around the head of his dick. Derek lay back with his eyes closed as Chelsea went to work on his Johnson. This is the part where you stab him. He's laid back with his eyes closed. Stab him. Time is fleeting. Rob him, girl. Stab him. Chapter 17. What the fuck? That was the end of the... Chapter 17. After thinking about what he would do as far as baby Chelsea, Jason had finally come to a decision. He took out a $100,000 loan from the bank and bought a mini condo for himself and baby Chelsea. 
Jason hired an old friend of his to babysit Chelsea while he worked. He wanted Chelsea to have nothing but the best, and he was going to work hard giving it to her. He still prayed for her mother, but his only focus was her daughter. His daughter. What the fuck ever. <laughs> Jason finally realized that he had to move on and stop living in the past. Since he met Chelsea, he put his all into helping her, and he got burned in the process. Jason looked at it as a lesson learned. You can't save someone who doesn't want to be saved, he thought. Also, why do you have to get a loan? Like, you literally could have just told the police, yo, this woman uh, married me under false pretenses, and then she robbed me and took me for all my cash. What do we do? The bank, identity theft, what do we do? Like, y'all see the transfer. You see what account you took the money from and put it into. Give me my motherfucking money back. There's so many things that can be done in this situation. But all he thought of was, I, I'm, I, I, I just can't say somebody who doesn't want to be saved. Which is literally what his mom has been telling him from the rip. 916-633-1537, Wretched and Wretched at gmail.com, Wretched Book Club on Twitter, Wretched Book Club on Facebook. I still don't know why they have a black woman on the cover. I ain't seen a black woman in this book yet, which is cool. That's good, because uh, I don't want to see what Red would have done with her. You can leave a review on uh, Spotify. Just push the button right there underneath the show and uh, hit five stars. You can leave a review on uh pod chaser copy and paste that in the apple podcast and then copy and paste that into the good pods app uh you could donate to the show on patreon.com slash single simulcast if you become a patreon member uh there's hella hella stuff on there i know there's like shows um old like not old episodes but bonus content uh there's writings there's poetry uh if you subscribe at the 15 dollar level i have my recipes because yes i'm a chef um, you can also donate at buy me a coffee, um, backslash SSCast. So buy me a coffee.com slash SSCast. Uh, and you can, uh, donate at the good pods app. There's a tip jar. Thank y'all so much for listening. I greatly appreciate it. Y'all be good. I'm going to you later. Peace. Outro to Ratchet Book Club is by That Kid Garan and it's called Goodbyes. You can email him at tkgbeats94 at gmail.com for more information on how to lease this beat. This is Single Simulcast. Don't know my now that you said.